All right. Well, welcome to Fathom Academy for 2021. Um, this is spiritual warfare, as you know. So thanks for signing up. Thanks for giving up your, whatever you're going to do uh, tonight, whatever show you're going to watch or whatever to be here. Um, so I'm Gary Shear. Uh, some of you know me. Um, some of you don't. My wife, Lori, right there. Um, beautiful wife, and we have three wonderful kids. Uh, they're all married. We have nine grandkids. Uh, none of them live around here, unfortunately. California, Washington, too expensive to live where they do. Um, I'm a native of Colorado, born and raised here, grew up in Littleton. Um, in 1970, uh, I, went to the, I was at the University of Denver studying accounting and um, uh, committed my life to Jesus as Lord and Savior and my life took a Jesus direction from there on out. So I went to Denver Seminary just down the street. And in 1976, we became, signed up with World Venture to go become missionaries. We lived in Rwanda for 37 years, um, leading, doing discipling of church leaders and leading the team there uh, and the ministry and coaching new recruits, doing all that stuff. So in 2016, we came back to the States, uh, settled back in Littleton, our hometown, just not far from here, and looked for a church, and uh, here we are at Fathom. I'm still working with World Venture. Um, it's still, we're still connected with them. In fact, right now, just this morning, I was over doing training. We're, we're, we train new recruits. The, the new recruits, like there's 12 of them over at the mission um, that are within the next three to six months, will be going out to their fields of service. And this is their last training that they get um, before they head out. So I'm doing that, love doing that. Um, I love seeing these people who are, who are really excited, committed, um, so, so serious about Jesus that they're doing stuff like that. Um, going to Central Asia and Mongolia and all these crazy places. So um, that's what we do. That's, that's who I am. Um, if you're if you're watching by podcast, uh, we we welcome you. You know we're not streaming, so if if you miss a session, you can't be here. You're, you'll you'll um, you can you can find it on the podcast, but you can't watch it live at home. Um, we decided not to do that just because of the uh, dynamics of of um, discussion and all that sort of thing, which which you will see. So um, that's it. Let me pray. Lord God, we thank you for tonight. Thank you for an opportunity to come together and just talk about you and your things. Um, thank you for these people who um, want, want to do that and, and spend time together talking about um, this, this important topic. I just pray that the Holy Spirit, we just trust that the Spirit is working in me and working in these people, and that um, because of that, it will be spiritually profitable to them, and, and that's really what we want. Um, and, and very practical to their daily life with you here in this crazy world. So to that end, we commit this all into your hands. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. So um, spiritual warfare. So there, there are multitude of books and approaches to spiritual warfare. Um, and you're going to get mine because I'm your teacher, okay? So um, I'm not going to try and represent all the approaches out there. You're just going to get mine. That's all there is to it. Um, 
we got six weeks. That sounds like a long time, but it's not. It's really a short time to talk about everything that um, could be talked about in something like this. Um, so without further ado, um, this is, in, in my take, this is what spiritual warfare is about. Somebody read that for us. Just look up there and read it for us. Oh, it's on your papers too. Read that for me. Who would like to do that? Go ahead, Kyle. Okay, that's that's to me what spiritual warfare is all about. Um, so yeah, we're going to talk about demons and that kind of stuff because that's part of it. But that's only a little part of it. Um, I'm guessing. I don't know. I'm guessing that. Um, I don't know. How old are you, Nate? 31. 31. Okay, 31. I'm guessing, Nate, that by the time you're 80, you will not probably have cast a demon out of anybody. Um, I'm guessing that Chris, Pastor Chris, even as a pastor, if he's a pastor for 10, 20 years, will probably not cast a demon out of somebody. Maybe. Have you done that yet? Okay, so we're going to talk about that, but it doesn't seem reasonable to me to spend all kinds of time talking about that when it probably won't ever happen. But day by day, this, this happens. This is our life, guys. The enemy's working day by day. So here, here it is. I want to emphasize thing. enemies. It's not just one enemy. It's enemies. So, we, you know, we, we think about the enemy as Satan. Well, it, yeah, but there's, the Bible talks about three prime enemies, the world, the flesh, We'll talk and, 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 and the devil, Satan, powers of darkness, whatever you want to call them. So we're going to talk about those guys. Um, it's about you. So we're going to make this practical. It's about you and your life. It's not about some, how some missionary in Africa might find some guy, uh, some witch doctor or something, and cast a demon out of him, okay? It's, 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 not, it's about you. And day by day, it's about your day-to-day life. Um, when you go to school, when you go to work, uh, when you're driving in your car, when you're with your kids, um, uh, the enemies are working to throw you down, keep you down spiritually so that day by day, rather than bringing Christ's glory, you're either neutralized or bringing him shame. The other thing you notice about this, it's, it's, it's not all about you, okay? In my mind, spiritual warfare is not just about you. It's about Christ. So if you get overcome... Um, the enemies overcome you, and you're, you become some kind of a, you know, you're addicted to pornography or something like that, and it messes up your marriage and relationships and, and all this kind of stuff. Uh, and, and you call yourself a Christian. That's a shame to Christ, okay? So my, my desire would be, yeah, get rid of this stuff for your sake, but it's, it's bigger than that. It's for Christ's sake. So to me, that spiritual warfare has that bigger dimension to it. So that's kind of the that's kind of the, the background to it. So we're, we're going to be talking about different things. Today, we're just going to talk about Genesis 3, where it all began. And then um, we're going to talk about the enemies, the flesh, the enemy, the world, Satan, and then um, talk about some strategies, day-by-day type strategies for this kind of stuff. All right? So that's where we're going. And then there'll be some follow-up. Um, my, my goal is to, you know, maybe six months down the line, um, by email or, or some, something, just say, hey, how's it going, you know? 
how has this impacted you? Has it helped? And, and get, some, get some feedback from you guys. That, that's, that, that's good for me, too, because I, I teach this stuff. In fact, I'll be teaching the same th- some of the same stuff at World Venture on Monday. So um, all the feedback helps. People say, yeah, this was really helpful. Uh, this didn't really do much. Uh, this, this, this was really uh, impactful, and that really helps me as a teacher, too. So, All right, so let's go. Genesis 3, where it all began. So get your Bibles. Whatever, they're, they're, they're underneath your chair, as usual, um, phone, whatever. Um, I got mine here somewhere. And let's look at Genesis 3, and just keep it there, because that's it. That's what we're going to look at. Um, it's Genesis 3. Got it right here. So, the the third chapter of Genesis describes the very first sin, and it is is profound. Um, You can meditate on this stuff for a long time. I mean, it's it's, it's a nice kind of story. It's Sunday school type of stuff, you know? And so, it tells really nice as a narrative, as a story, but it is really, really profound, as we will see. Uh, It's brief, it's simple, but it exposes the depths of what sin really is. If you don't understand this, you don't really understand what sin is. And if it's subtleties, it's temptations, um, if you don't understand this, you don't understand why God is so mad at mankind. If you understand this, you're not going to say, wow, why is God so angry? I mean, we're just people. I mean, we just make mistakes. This will, if you understand this, you will understand why God is really pissed off at mankind, okay? Um, it, it, um, and conversely, if you think about the opposite of what, we're gonna, what this reveals, it gives clearly the, inner, the picture of the inner life that God wants us to have. So it, it's, it's a great passage. Um, So, if we want to understand how sin and Satan work in our lives and the heart it takes to overcome them, we've got to study this chapter. So, that's that's where we're going to start. And um, so, um, somebody, uh, this this is going to be tough because I teach by by dialogue. I'm just asking a series of questions. So, I don't know how this is going to work. Um, We got a mic there and people coming and going to the mic, but we'll do the best we can. Um, somebody give us, maybe, maybe can we have like, Lori, would you be willing to take that mic and just give, give, give it to people as they, as they want to respond? Um, that's a good, another good reason to sit in the front couple rows. All right, somebody give us, what happened in chapter one in Genesis? Creation. All right, creation. That doesn't need the mic. Okay, if it's a short answer like that, okay. <laughs> So creation, God created everything, all right? And what did he say at the end? When he looked at it, he stood back like an artist and he said, ah, this is good. not just good, this is Very good. really good. Okay, so he made all this. And then what happened to chapter two? Okay, not day two, but 
but chapter 2 in Genesis. Just look, yeah, just take a quick glance back. Yeah, he created man. Yep, what else? What else is in that chapter? Yep, starts out with the Sabbath. Yep. Can people hear good enough without the mic? Not, probably not for, for the podcast, but... Because um, by the time I get to them, they're, they're, it's gone. It's it's done. Yeah, yeah. I, I can I can you know give give the quick little answer that you know summarize it. Uh, yeah, chapter two. What else? Chapter two. He rested. Yeah. He created woman out of man. Yep. Keep going. Yep. He named all the animals. Yep. Actually, he did that before. It's like God brought all the animals and he said, you know, name these guys. And it was in that process that Adam realized these are all cool things, giraffes, you know, elephants and, you know, dogs, whatever. But there was nothing, there was nothing that really suited him that was fit for him. And then God created what? Created the woman for him. Okay. And then what? When man and woman, they're there, they're created, what happened then? Yeah? What true, I mean, okay, so we're, we're, we're skipping something here. He, he created, he put together a garden, okay? Um, and we call that the Garden of Eden, Okay. And he created it for mankind, a special place for mankind. I mean, the whole world was cool and good, but he put together this super cool place, super good place with everything that mankind could want, specially designed for mankind, and he put mankind in that place, okay? And there was gold there and rivers and trees and food and animals and everything, okay? So that's, that's, that's number two. That's chapter two. So now um, let's read verses one through six in chapter three. Let me read that for us. Now, you can follow along in yours. This is NIV. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat from the trees in the garden, but God did not did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not surely die, said the serpent to the woman, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom. She took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Okay, so there you go. That's the first sin. Um, um, so let's look at verse 1, all right? I keep messing with this thing, and, it's, and I go backwards. I need to put it down. I was doing that today too. So uh, verse one, um, 
Let's read that again, okay? Verse one. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? So um, uh, of all the things God could tell us about the serpent, what one thing does he point out in this first introduction? Steve, what does he say about him? He was crafty. How crafty? He was the craftiest dude there was. Okay, so is this the first thing that comes to your mind about Satan? I mean, people think of Satan as a scary, evil spirit. Um, And I'm not sure that you ask the general person out there, what's the most scary thing about Satan? Um, I'm not sure they'd say, well, he's crafty. But that's the thing God points out. He doesn't say anything else about him. And by the way, this, is, this was a lizard at this point, okay? Because he, he had legs. So, so really, um, we're talking about a lizard here. Climbed up a tree, started talking to, to Eve, okay? A lizard. Keep that in mind. Um, so let's look at Satan's craftiness. It, it shows up right away here in verse 1. Um, look at how the lizard rephrased God's prohibition against eating of the tree. Um, Okay, first, what did God say back in chapter 2, verse 16 and 17? Somebody somebody look at that and read that for us. Verses 16 and 17 in verse chapter 2. This is what God actually said. Okay, somebody read that. Okay, so that's what God said. What, how does Satan rephrase it here? Somebody read what Satan's exact words are here. Did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? Okay, what's the difference there? I mean, is it technically true? I mean, okay, the, the, what, what version is that? Is that NIV? NIV. Okay, the, the, um, the, the Hebrew says, it's, it's a little, it doesn't come across quite the same way when it says any. The Hebrew says, God, you cannot eat of every tree in the garden. Okay, you cannot eat of every tree in the garden. Was that true? It was true, wasn't it? It wasn't false. It was true. All right? Just keep that in mind. It was a true statement. But what's different about how, what Satan said and what God said? God said it positively. Satan said it Absolutely. You got it. So, explain that a little bit. How, do you, how, did, how did what God say come out very positive? Yes, and did Satan say anything about that? Absolutely not. Think about that. Isn't that the way he works? He makes, you, he makes you forget all the good stuff, and you focus on that thing that you cannot. One tree out of thousands in the garden that you, you, you couldn't have, and Satan just kind of, we can't have that one, you know? Okay, um, anything else? Yeah. What, yeah. what Satan 
an implication. He implied that God's holding back from you. Something's wrong. Okay, he's implying that something's wrong. Okay, let's let's. Um, that's exactly that's exactly it. So Satan is saying something true, but he's twisting the sense and the feel of it, and he's really really good at that. Okay, um, an example might be like this. Think about this. So two two two. 13-year-old guys, they come home from school, they're hungry, they go to the refrigerator. And uh, the, one guy, the one guy says to his friend, he says, mom said we can eat anything in the fridge. Oh, except for that casserole in the back. Okay, think about how that comes across. Or the kid could say, mom said we can't, we can't eat everything in the fridge. It's subtle, isn't it? Both are true. One is very positive. We can eat anything in the fridge. Except, you know, that casserole in the back. But let's go to town, man. Let's eat some stuff. And the other one is like, we can't eat everything in this fridge. And um, especially with that tone of voice, he says, did God really say? What, did, what does that imply? Did God really say? What did, what did he get out of that, this side of the room over here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did he really say that? Yeah, and even with the implication that maybe, maybe what God said wasn't really that good, you know? Okay. He's, so, he's acting like, you know, he's putting forth the concept that God does not have his best interest in mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Absolutely. Okay. All right, good. So you got it. So, and I think we need to remember during this whole thing, it, verse 6 says, Adam was right there too. Okay, it says the man was there with her. Sometimes we picture Eve just doing this whole dialogue thing, and Adam, we don't know where he is, and when, when she's ready to eat, she finds Adam, hey, Adam, come over here, and, and gives him some f- fruit. No, Adam was right there. He was listening to this whole thing. He was just standing right there. He was with her, all right? So don't forget that. So here's, here's the point. You guys got it. The enemies, and I'm, I'm saying multiple, I'm, it's because there's more than one. Here it's Satan, but th- this is true of our enemies. The enemies insinuate into our minds and hearts that God is holding back some good from us, and therefore that we would be better off making an end, round, end run around God and his ways. Okay? That's what the enemies insinuate in... Into our, into our hearts. Do you see that? You see that in the passage? Okay. Um, all right. So, here's an application. Recognize this attitude for what it is. Insinuations of the lizard. Okay? Um, what attitude? Recognize this attitude for what it is. Insinuations. What, what attitude are we talking about? That we just read. I want you to rephrase it. Yeah, thinking that God is what? N- well, not controlling, because he is. He controls, yeah. But what? What's he doing? He's holding back what? He's holding good back from us. Get rid of that idea. 
If you got that idea, and we all do somehow along the way, we think, well, it didn't work out this way. It's God's plan. Well, that's a real bummer, God. What are you doing? You know? Now how we do? Now what we're thinking? We're, we're listening to the insinuations of the lizard, all right? And that we would be better off doing what? Take matters into our own hands. Make it in and run around God. We can figure this out better than you, God. Okay? So, this is day-by-day stuff. We face this, I don't know if you do, but I do, day-by-day. This is the kind of stuff that is playing with, with, with my mind, and it, it, comes from, it comes from Satan. It comes from the world out there. It comes from shows you watch, things you read. It comes from your friends. It comes from everywhere. Okay, so, application. All right, so let's, let's look at um, two... And three, let's read that. Um, you guys podcasting, you can read it for your own. Who wants to read that for us? Go ahead, Lori. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it lest you die. Okay, there you go. So what's good about Eve's answer? Okay, she does a good job, doesn't she? What'd she say first? Yeah, she gets that. She got that point. You know, that Satan left that out. He said, "Wait, we can eat. Yeah, we can eat of all these trees in the garden." Okay, so, so th- there's good in her answer. Um, what is maybe not so good in Eve's answer? Yeah, she made up a little bit. It's kind of interesting, isn't it? You know, it's, it's such a sparse little narrative, but if every little piece has, has some kind of profound. What do you think, what might be the heart attitude that brought forth this addition out of Eve's mind and heart. You must not touch it or you will die. She might just have forgotten and just, you know, but it's, it seems like that's how she took it. That's her perception. And what does that say maybe about something that's going on between, you know, as she thinks about this this whole thing. I don't know if this happened because of the insinuation of the lizard or if she just kind of had was thinking like this, but what, what, that, what does that addition kind of indicate? What's going on in her heart? It might say that she's a little bit scared of God or a little bit concerned that he's too restrictive or too, maybe not for her, you know, against her or something. Yeah, yeah. Did you kind of do? You get that feeling too, maybe? You know, um, you know, it's like the kid. You know, he says we can eat anything but that casserole in the back, and if we do, man, I'm going to be grounded for a week. Well, your mom didn't say that, but this kid has that perception in his mind of his of his of his mom as as a really hard person, and you know, you know, yeah, it's true um, that. She'll die if she eats it, but she says, you must not even touch it. You know, there's just kind of that extra edge of, yeah, you know, this is really tough stuff. God's really being tough on us, okay? 
So, I mean, make the applications to your own life. You know, this is the kind of thinking. This is the thinking. Okay, let, let's, let's go on. Um, so, so, um, so as we wait to see the next step in verse 4, what is the state of Eve's heart and presumably Adam's too at this point? I mean, I, you know, we're, we're just, we've just got this little bit, but it's this, as you read these, especially these first chapters of Genesis, this isn't an accident. This isn't just somebody that was putting together a play and decided to have them speak this. This was, this was put in there very finely crafted. What, the way Eve answered, especially with that addition, what does it say about direction of her thinking at that point? Okay, there's a combination of good. I like that. Curiosity, but some fear there, okay? Now, at this point, has Eve sinned? No, she hasn't sinned yet. Um, is she aware that maybe there's some tendencies in her thinking that might be dangerous? I don't think there is at that point. I don't think she's aware. She just, she's not aware, okay? Um, so we all have ideas, attitudes, purposes, or directions in our life that are not yet sin, but are heading us in a dangerous direction of which we are not even aware yet, okay? So be aware of that. This is spiritual warfare, Okay? Um, and so, um, here's the application. Take time to reflect on possible dangerous directions your ideas, attitudes, or purposes are hitting. Define them clearly, name them, and then fight them, okay? Now, how do you do this? This is subtle stuff. How do you do this? Yeah, well, here's, a, here's, the, here's the proviso. To the degree your mind and heart is saturated with God's word, to that degree, you will be able to see and define such dangerous tendencies of your heart. But to the degree your mind and heart is saturated with the things of the world, to that degree, you will be unable to see and define the dangerous tendencies of your heart. All right? That's just, that's fact, guys. That's, that's it. Um, so, and this is spiritual warfare. I mean, Satan knows how to lead us down these tracks, and we don't even know it. And very subtly, and even before we sin, we're heading down a slippery slope that we don't even realize it in our attitudes and, and things. So, so far, we've got, we've got Eve. She's, she's curious. Um, let, let's, let's just remember, this is a lizard she's talking to, okay? It's a lizard in a tree, all right? They live with the God of the universe, people. Adam and Eve live with the God of the universe. They walk with him in the garden. And here's a lizard in a tree talking to her, and she's going like, oh, well, that's really interesting. <laughs> There's something wrong with that, you know? So, yeah, Lori. I was just thinking on this. <laughs> um, the danger point I see is she was just even having a conversation with him once. Once he started to say, did God really say? And then 
made her start questioning God, that's when we need to shut it off. See, I'm not listening to this anymore. She should have closed the door as soon as he said, did God really say? She didn't have the experience that we have now, and we know a little bit about Satan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, back to, what's your name again? Eric. You're Eric, yeah. Okay. Eric, she was curious. Um, curiosity killed the cat, you know. Um, I, I'm with Chris. That might not have been a bad thing, but um, uh, a statement like that should have produced caution. She might have needed, she might have investigated out of caution, not pursued it out of curiosity. You know, there's a difference, okay? She might have, that, that should have put up a red flag before. Did God really say, hmm, what's, this, what's behind this? She was like, okay, so be careful of that. When, when people are saying, did God really say, yeah, um, be careful, <laughs> It might be a legitimate question because there are, there, there are things that we think we know that we don't know, and there might be a wise Christian that says, you know, you think God said this, but let me show you from his word, and, and you can investigate, but with, with great caution. You know, I'm, we, I read theological books, but I read them with caution. I just don't, don't read somebody and, you know, pick up a guy and say, I'm just going to believe everything this guy says. So anyway, um, good point. But this, this is day-by-day day spiritual warfare, okay? This is, this is what this is all about. All right, let's go to um, 4 and 5. Somebody read 4 and 5. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Okay. Um, and what, what, so let's take the first thing. Satan, Satan gives some reasons for, for her to, you know, think about taking this fruit. He says, first of all, you shall not die. Well, the Hebrew says, you shall not die, die. You shall not die, die. It's kind of like in Princess Bride, you know, it says he's not dead. He's just mostly dead. Okay. So. It's kind of like that. Satan says, you will not die, die on the day that you eat this thing. Well, and think about it. Did she die? What's the answer to that? Did she die that day? Yes and no. You know, it's one of those twisting of the truth things. Yes and no. But she didn't just drop dead. So Satan said, you're not going to drop dead. He knows she's going to die spiritually. But playing with the truth, playing with the truth, um, focusing on one thing, leaving out other things. What, what else does he say? He says, um, he says, your eyes will be opened. Was that true? Look at verse 7. It was true. It was absolutely true. Satan was not lying to her. He was telling her the truth. Okay. You will be like God, knowing good and evil. Was that true? Look at verse 22. What's it say? 
<laughs> yeah. So was that true? Was Satan telling the truth? He was absolutely telling the truth. He wasn't lying. But what was he doing? This is really subtle, you guys. This is what Satan, this is what the enemies do. This is spiritual warfare. What's going on here? What's the lizard doing? Yes. He made it seem positive instead of negative. These things are not good, but he's twisting around so it sounds good. Um, I mean, he's, he's, he's belittling the, um, the consequences, trying to say, oh, it's not going to be that bad. It's not going to be that bad. You're not going to die, die, you know? And then these things that are really not really good for the people, um, he's pre- presenting as something good. So here's, here it is. The enemies are very skilled at twisting truth using 95% truth with a hardly noticeable 5% twist of lie thrown in to insinuate lies into our minds and hearts. <laughs> Sounds like what? Politics? <laughs> yeah. Helping us, quotation marks, to see that the consequences that God has told us are bad are, they're not really that bad. Not really that bad, you know? It's not really taking truths or commands or prohibitions that God intends only for our good and light and twisting them to look and feel bad and dark, okay? So the application, listen to God and not the lizard. What, is it, what do I mean by that? <laughs> I mean, how do you do that? What kind of application is that? being in the word, and really in the word. I mean, you can see here that this is not just a superficial, yeah, I, 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 think it's a, I think it's good when people have a practice of reading through the Bible, but this is more than just reading through the Bible in a year. This is like understanding the word of God, okay? Because we're gonna see, in, 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 as we talk about Satan later on, he knows the Bible better than you do. Absolutely. He's been reading this thing for thousands of years, okay? He was with Moses when he wrote that stuff, all right? So, um, so he's really good, and he's been doing this deceit stuff with mankind for a long time. So um, there you go. Uh, now, by the way, just, just think about it. So the, the, the woman, Adam's standing next to her, saying nothing, by the way, um, and she's talking to this lizard in the tree, and he's saying stuff like, um, did God really say? And he's like, yeah, you're not going to die, die, and all this stuff. God is watching this. What do you think God is feeling and thinking? Yeah, I mean, think chapter one. We talked about chapter one. Chapter two. God doing all this stuff just for mankind. It's really clear. I mean, I, 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 I spent a few months just studying Genesis chapter one. It's, there's nothing more clear in that chapter. There's a lot of questions about it, but the 
the creation was created for, the, for mankind. Mankind was the pinnacle of this thing because he didn't say very good until mankind was created. And he created it just going in for that purpose. And then on top of that, he makes an even better place, the Garden of Eden. And then and they walk in the garden and they fellowship. And then they're talking to a lizard who's saying, did God really say? That's yeah, not, Psst. If I were God, I would be so mad. I just go, let me start over. I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't, I don't question all God's anger at mankind. I think a bunch of fools. I mean, think about that. That's stupid. I mean, anybody loved us. So he's going, tremendous hurt. When somebody that you love is doing something stupid like that, that's going to destroy them, you're just, oh, oh. So I think that's what God feels. So God's watching this, and that's what he's feeling. All right, so um, we come to verse 6. Somebody read verse 6. This is the climax of this deal. Okay, so now here's three reasons this verse gives that caused Eve to eat the fruit. She looked at the fruit, and she said three things to herself. What were they? Okay, well, yeah, it, it looks good, right? She looked at the fruit. She saw the fruit of the tree was good for food, pleasing to the eye, and desirable for gaining wisdom, okay? So it was good food. It looked good. It was beautiful. And it was going to enhance her. It's going to make her wise. So um, I call these the three laws of the sinful heart. If it, look, if it looks good, take it. If it tastes good, eat it. If it enhances my good, do it. Without regard to God and his truth. Because, of course, she's come a long ways from that, from that first affirmation that God said that we should not to now actually doing what she knew God told her not to do. She's come a long ways. But where did, where did it start? Think back. Think back to what you said. Where did it start back in verse 1 and 2? She began to think what? God, she saw this fruit and she said, God doesn't want me to have this thing that's beautiful. He doesn't want me to have this thing that tastes good. He doesn't want me to have this thing that's going to enhance me. So I'm going to get it anyway. I'm going to get it anyway. So um, that's the three laws of the sinful heart. That's how the world operates. Um, So um, now here's the thing. Was there any force or control exerted by the lizard? Did he, like, go up and take her arm and take that fruit, take that fruit, and put it in her mouth? Absolutely not. No. Did the lizard do anything scary or spooky? I didn't see anything scary or spooky. Um, what tactic did he use? 
goes back to verse one, craftiness. He's just crafty. So, um, and then Paul picks up that. He says, so we may stand against the schemes of the devil. That's what you need to be careful of. We as Christians do not need to fear Satan's power. Satan has been disarmed for us as Christians. But man, he is crafty. He'll get us. He's been doing it since Adam and Eve, okay? Um, Now, when she took the fruit and ate it, did she do it reluctantly or willingly? Willingly. Um, And did she see it as a good or bad thing she was doing? She thought it was a good thing. I'm doing a good thing. This is good food. It looks good. And uh, it's going to make me wise. So she thought it was a good thing she was doing. All right. One of the commentators pointed out the great reversal. It started out as God, Adam, Eve, and creatures. And here we've got the creature, you know, the lizard, Eve, Adam, and then God underneath. Um, I hadn't seen that before. But I, I think the whole thing got turned upside down, turned upside down. Now, here's, here's another thing. Who made that tree with that fruit that was beautiful and tasty and would make her wise? Who made that tree? God did. Satan didn't make that tree. Satan didn't make that tree. Um, if we're living under the assumption that if something is beautiful and tasty and does me good, that therefore it must be okay, it must be something God wants for me, we're wrong. We can't operate that way. I think God made the world with tests in it for us. I mean, he did then. Um, He did it. He created, intentionally created the world with this test, putting right in the middle of the garden this tree with something on it that was beautiful, tasty, and would make her wise. And he didn't want her to take it because he knew that it was bad. So just keep that in mind. Just keep that in mind. So, um, whoops, I'm going too far there. So here's, here's, here's some points. So the human heart, ours included, having concluded that we can do better in life, get more out of life, enjoy life more, by making an end run around God, and so concluding that the lizard has a better handle on what makes for real life than God, and so having a mind and heart whose thoughts and feelings are all screwed up with partial truths, dangerous directions, upside-down feelings, makes for itself its own way or laws of life. If it looks good, take it. If it tastes good, eat it. If it enhances my good, do it without regard to the tr- God and his truth because, hey, there's something out there I can get that God doesn't want me to have. All right? So, application. First, recognize the role of the three laws of the sinner in your own life. They're there, okay? This is ingrained into us, and we're kidding ourselves if we don't, if we don't recognize that these things play a big role in our own, in our own lives. Okay, second, value God and his word and his ways above anything, no matter how beautiful, tasty, or self-enhancing the other might be, all right? Um, That's what you got to do. So that's the application. Um, 
Here's another point. We usually sin thinking that we're doing something good. Okay? Um, yeah, we might feel uncomfortable back there, but a lot of, we wouldn't do it if we didn't think it was something good, you know? Um, or at least profitable or helpful or useful or practical. We're practical people. Well, I know God said this, but man, that's impractical. <laughs> that doesn't really work in this day and age. <laughs> Nobody lives like that. Nobody does that. So um, these, these are things that cause us to put aside the word of God for us, okay? So what's the application? Consider how we are often guided more by what is profitable, helpful, useful, and practical than by the word of God. I mean, think about it. When you make a decision in life, Think about the role, profitable, helpful, useful, practical, okay? The role of those things as we make these decisions, uh, even, even moment by moment, not just the big things, but the little things in our lives, rather than the word of God. Now, hopefully, um, uh, I know we at, we at Fathom were serious about the word of God, so I know, I'm not saying that us sitting here are making our decisions totally by what's profitable, helpful, useful, and practical and disregarding the word of God. But I know in my own life, those four things have a bigger influence than they probably should, okay? So that's, so that's the application. Just consider it. Just, just be aware of that and consider it, okay? Um, so Genesis 3, that's where it all began and where we are today. Um, that's... That's um, spiritual warfare. That's where it all, that, that's where it started. That's why we're in the mess we're in today. Um, you see, it wasn't, it wasn't a murder or something big like that. It was, it was this stuff. And this is what gets us in trouble. So what are three takeaways? Um, just take a moment and on your paper, write down one, two, three takeaways. It might be something that um, important that you want to remember, keep in mind. It might be something new. Um, it might might be something you're convicted of. Oh, man, yeah. When he said that, that really spoke to me. Um, or, hey, yeah, I want to resolve to. It might be any, anything like that. Just write down one, two, three things like that. While you're doing that, I just, for people on the podcast, uh, and I think this is okay, um, if, you, if you're podcasting, we're just watching podcast because you can't be here on Wednesday night or something, if you can even, if you can come from time to time, just come. Is that all right, Chris? Um, even you're not signed up for the beginning of this course. I mean, you're not paying any money anyway. Um, if you have kids, let us know that you're going to bring some kids. But um, otherwise, like if you're, if you've got only you can only make it one night out of these six. That's come. It's it's a it's a great experience sitting here and interacting and, and being together. Um, so we, we'd invite you to do that.
Anybody want to share a takeaway? Yeah. So one of the things that I recognize is kind of ironic when the serpent promised them that they would be like promised be like God with knowledge of good and evil. It implied that she would gain more knowledge of good. But in my mind, she gained no new knowledge of good. They're already walking in the garden of Eden with God. They knew more about good than we'll know until we leave this planet. Mm-hmm. What they really only gained was knowledge of evil. Knowledge of evil. Good point. Thank you for that. That's good. Yeah, yeah. So it's sort of like a limited Yeah, and you know, it didn't say, you're going to be like God, period. He said, you're going to be like God, knowing good and evil, you know? So, yeah. Because we're, going, we're, we're, com- we're becoming like God, we're becoming like Christ. But it's not in the knowing good and evil of becoming holy, you know? So it's a whole different ballgame there. Yeah. Any other takeaways? You just want to share. mentioned that Satan runs the scriptures better than us. Uh, challenge to us. I mean, even when you were saying reading the theology books, cautiously, uh, but even listening to sermons, everything cautiously, something can get so twisted so fast, and then 95% true, and it can get you off track really quickly. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's where... I think the fellowship of believers is is, is really good. Um, you know, I don't know if it would have helped if even Adam and Eve would have just sat down and talked about this before they did something crazy like that. Maybe it would have even helped, you know. Hey, Adam, what do you think about this? I don't know. But anyway, I'm, I'm just thinking the, the body of Christ, um, having 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 a pastor who's, who's, who's studied and serious about the word of God and preaches it like that, you know, can help us. Not that, not that he can't make mistakes too, but... Um, um, yeah, I mean, th- th- this is important stuff. Yeah, any other takeaways? And there's a lot of garbage on the internet, so, I mean, uh, I, we, we've had, we've actually had missionaries leave the field because they were listening to this garbage on the internet, and, you know, they said, well, we better listen to this guy, and I'm going, you were listening to this guy? I mean, that's like a lizard stuff. I am mean, seriously. And it so twisted their minds that, they gave up on missions. I'm going, wow, man, there's, there's stuff out there and it's subtle and it sounds good and it goes with the spirit of the age, stuff like that. So, um, yeah. All right. This, this is, um, hey, why don't, why don't you just hand this out? This is, this is just a follow-up thing. Um, let me explain it. At, at the end of this session, maybe I'll do it at every one. Um, first of all, there's a homework and uh, it's this right here. Um, listen or watch John Piper's message, The Ultimate Essence of Evil, okay? This is, this is the, one of the podcasts I was mentioning. The Ultimate Essence of Evil, John Piper, DesiringGod.com, messages The Ultimate Essence of Evil. Um, and um, listen to that this week, okay? It's as close to an assignment, a requirement as I can make, but... It, it's powerful. I mean, it's, it's, it's very insightful. It's dealing with some of the same stuff. But John Piper is so good at, at um, um, explicating the scripture and truths like this. So 
I think it's, it, it, it hits on the very core of what Genesis 3 and that first sin is all about. So, um, and then um, here's my email address. If, if, you guys, um, if you guys have questions or comments or, you know, you watch this thing I, and, and you have some, some, some interaction or uh, reaction to it, just to say, wow, I watched that, it was really helpful or something, just email me. Um, or if you want to get together and talk about stuff, there's my email address um, right up there. So this, this page here is just all the applications from this, what we talked about tonight, um, they're right here. So that if, you're, if, you, if you want to, between now and the next session, have a time with the Lord and just sit down and say, all right, um, let me just go through some of these things and see maybe where I can do a spiritual tune-up. Okay, look at it like a spiritual tune-up. It's all right here. You can just go down this and just see, all right, let me tune up there, let me tune up there. Um, so, um, and then at the end, um, Sunday, there were, we heard about spiritual warfare from Pastor Chris and Matthew. So here's some good introduction points from the sermon on Sunday. Stuff I won't cover because Chris covered it on Sunday. And here's just a few of the things that I pulled out of his sermon. Um, that were, were really helpful and apropos to our study of, of spiritual warfare. So that's, that's there too for you. Some of you, I know you take, some of you take copious notes and you probably already got all that kind of stuff. But um, so, so there you go. That's for your, your, your information too. All right, so um, that's it. And uh, I'm here if you want to, if you, if you want to, um, uh, if you got kids, you can pick up your kids. Uh, if you want to talk, I'm, I'm here to talk, but let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for, um, for your word, and thank you that it's written down. Um, uh, before it was written down, I guess, way back before Moses and all, they were passing this stuff down orally, and your spirit was helping and working, but man, it, it, it's, so, it's so nice to have it written down, um, and we can just go back to it over and over and study it and, and, and dig into the depths of of what these, what these profound truths of, of your word are all about for our lives. So we thank you. Thank you for this time tonight. Thank you for these people that came out. Thank you for their insights and their, um, um, their, their help, helping each other. We're helping each other um, uh, dig into the word and figure this spiritual warfare stuff out. So I just pray, Lord, that um, through, this, through this course that um, we would live more successfully for you in this crazy world and be more aware uh, and better able to overcome the schemes of the evil one and not be taken out, not be taken down, not be neutralized. Uh, We pray in Jesus' name, amen.